would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... And welcome to the Lindley Evans Music Studio at the ABC in Ultimo for Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover, and this week with the music, it's the great Sarah Blasco. And our panel, Tom Gleeson, Mandy Nolan, Tommy Dean. And our audience from Warialda, Glasshouse Mountains, Copacabana, Tilba Tilba, Kayama, and Yumina. But first, here is the news from nowhere, and I'm afraid it's another letter from my dog, Clancy. Dear Mum and Dad, it's your puppy Clancy here, riding from my home in the city. Hope all is well on the farm in Orange. The main news here is an outbreak of vermin. I missed out on the park this morning as man is too busy attempting to stomp on cockroaches. It's very amusing to watch as he becomes totally transfixed by the task, silent, tense, waiting to make his move, then a sudden blaze of activity. As sheep are to me, so the cockroaches are to him. He appears not properly trained for the task. One upside is that we've been swimming. We drive to this river a couple of hours from Sydney and then jump in. We swim to the other side, man and I, my muzzle ploughing through the water, and then race back again. I always beat him. There's only one weird thing. After we get out and I shake myself down, both lady and man make such a fuss. It's, oh, what a clever dog, and oh, Clancy, you are so fast. They make, they make such a tedious song and dance about my swimming. It's dog paddle, people. <laughs> the clue is in the name. If a dog can't dog paddle, who can? This is my one complaint about life in town. You have to wade through an endless sea of compliments. Everything I do, it's good dog this and good dog that. It's as if they're worried about my self-esteem. I want to say, really, I'm fine. I'm relaxed and confident about being a fairly excellent dog. The other day, as I relieved myself on a tree... One of them even took the opportunity to observe, now that's a big wee. <laughs> really? Is urination now some sort of achievement? I notice they don't compliment each other upon managing it, even though man makes an attempt about six times every night. <laughs> it's not that I dislike all praise. Every morning, first thing, lady tickles my ears, strokes my back and says... You are such a handsome dog. Which I suppose is just a statement of fact. Objecting to it would be as foolish as complaining that someone has added two plus two and come up with four. Certainly, I accept the compliment with good grace, cocking my head to the side so that she might also note my profile, which I've been told is particularly noble. After this, she leaps up and gives me a chicken wing and some kibble, so like any relationship, there's give and take. All the same, back on the farm, you hardly ever get praise. 
Round up 500 sheep on the hottest day of the year and it's not a bad job. That's it. Tickle under the chin if you're lucky. A few extra hours on the chain the next day, just in order to get a sleep in. In the city, all you have to do is be an actual dog. A nose, two ears and four legs is enough to crack it. Actually, I know one dog who garners heaps of praise and he's only got three legs. (laughs) Kids are the worst. We go walking through the park and every day there will be a small human, six or seven years old, saying all excited, Mum, 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 look, it's a dog. Well, sure. Full marks for observation. I feel like making a fuss back. Hey, wow, look, it's a tiny human. I don't say anything, of course, as I'm busy playing with my friends, Lucky, Watto and Archie. We circle and leap. We chase each other. Watto does a sharp turn. Dust flies. He's heading for the big tree as fast as a greyhound. Lucky and I in full pursuit. Round we all go, looping the big tree, a blur of fur, then sprinting back into the sunshine in the centre of the park. The kid is still watching, standing there with his folks, eyes stretched wide. Dad, Dad, he says, pulling on his father's hand, his voice full of wonder. Dad, look at that dog. Okay, it could have been a reference to the other three dogs, but when that kid said dog, I'm pretty sure he meant me. Actually, it was a moment of clarity, the moment when I began to realise here in the city I need to moderate my attitude to compliments, put on a good show, and you should be willing to accept the audience's applause. That's my new principle. And so after we'd finished our round of Chasey Chasey, I wandered over to the kid, still panting, and let him have a pat as he sang my praises to his dad. Dad, did you see this dog? Did you see how fast he went? Did you see how amazing he is? Do I deserve such continuous acclaim? Not really. I'm a dog. Others could do it. Mind you, if I could find a way of hurting cockroaches, now that really would be something. Until then... Love from your puppy, Clancy. And that's the news from nowhere. Uh, Tom Gleeson is here. Mandy Nolan is here. Tommy Dean is here. Welcome. Look, welcome. Thank you. Thank I, you. Like, uh, I like that you delight in your dog so very much. Thank you. Uh, and I can see I, I know it's obnoxious to some. It is. I, I do realise that. But we have a dog as well. But I'm, I, I know that you're probably pushing some sort of societal metaphor through the letters from Clancy, but... <laughs> we should all be nicer and more complimentary. I understand what you're trying to get at, but just because you've done doing this for so long, I've taken the opposite tack with my dog to see if they do know what we're talking about. Uh, so I greet my dog every day with, Who's stupid? Who's so stupid? Who's stupid? You're stupid. No one likes you. No one likes you at all. He still does everything a dog does <laughs> with all the swagger and verve of a dog. Can I'm I, pretty sure can I, ask one, can I ask one question? Yeah. Is he a Kelpie? I'll, I'll ask. <laughs> Maybe I'll add that to the thing. You know what? You're not even a Kelpie. You're not even a Kelpie. You're stupid, and you're not even a Kelpie. Stupid, not let, Kelpie. Let us check that you are up with this week's news. What event is the Australian media wedded to covering? Um, 
the, in, that is the, the royal wedding, of course. They're yeah. going nuts with that, absolutely nuts. And everyone's going except Channel 10 um, because they couldn't get the crowdfunding sorted. <laughs> uh, so they're not going. They're showing, I think they're showing a British um, reality show called Ambulance, <laughs> which back-to-back, back-to-back eps. And I think for the ABC, I was really amazed Annabelle Crabb is going. Um, yeah, can you believe she's covering wow. it? She'll be giving the kind of feminist perspective of the <laughs> royal wedding, <laughs> which fortunately the Markles aren't paying. Yeah. Um, and commenting on the sponge cakes. I yeah, yeah, I think I was quite shocked that Annabelle Crabb was going because I thought that was a little bit, you know, out of her. Maybe she just wanted a holiday or something. Yeah, it is tricky. I must admit, I don't get the rules. I just think I don't understand why everyone's happy to pay a little bit of money through the taxes so one family gets to be wealthy. It's like lotto, but the same family wins every week. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's just happy with that. I mean, for, for, everyone, for, for 400 years. Yeah, like everyone pays a little bit of money just so one person can be wealthy. And, and it turns out it's Annabelle Crabb this time. Yeah. I know. <laughs> she travelled economy, I want you to know. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay. And then I think SBS has got Miff Warhurst and um, Joel Creasy's going over. So yeah. that, that would be fun. I'd, I'd actually listen. I wouldn't even bother watching the wedding because I'd find it. I find weddings I actually know the people at unbearable, <laughs> let alone people strangers. Like it's got, it goes for hours. Like it's got a small chapel for 800 <laughs> apparently. <laughs> but imagine the gift list. What would you get them? They'd have everything. Yeah. Just a DNA test, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but anyway. A German to English dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> I've enjoyed the Today Show too and Sunrise trying to burn airtime because they had three hours every day for five days with no new news coming in, no breaking news. The wedding's still on. That's yeah. all they could really say. And so they, they started interviewing Prince Harry lookalikes. And as far as I could tell, the only qualification you needed was to have red hair. They looked nothing like them, sounded nothing like them. I'm a Prince Harry lookalike, apparently. Hi, I'm Prince Harry. And they were doing all this kind of British stuff, weren't they? They were kind of in the Tower of London yeah. putting... They were jousting. They were, yeah... Yeah, oh, we're in, we're in Britain. We've got to be. We've got to do British things. Do, th- do you think it's the Game of Thrones kind of things just come into like a little bit? Like I would watch if he was marrying that, you know, dragon mm. queen. Like, I don't feel was, like that. Was I think... Dar- Dar- what's her name? Yeah, more, just more beheadings. That'd be <laughs> exciting. I'd watch the royal wedding if, if, if someone got like beheaded the, during yeah, it. The red wedding. Yeah. They oh, <laughs> snapped. Yeah. That'd be good out of nowhere. Oh, that, that would be good. That would be Harry's lost his head. That's, yeah. That's why they brought the American in so they can like yeah. load up half the church with Americans and then get back at us for that revolutionary thing. Yeah. Oh, they're still cranky. Still very cranky that we said no to their king. Or the opposite. I sometimes feel that they're really pushing at this time because of uh, the American connection. It's, it's just a ratings push for royalty. Uh, because maybe ultimately uh, England will get sad at buying into the lotto for them every week. But now, big money coming out of Trump Town. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're but ready. It's in, it's in cinemas too in America. They're actually, it's in a, you can go into a cinema and they're, they're going to stream it. You can get popcorn and watch a nine hour movie of wow. that. Mm. Imagine uh, doing that in Australia, going into a cinema and watching Channel 9. Live. <laughs> <laughs> Just at any time of day, no royal wedding. Just you could just go in there and watch Today Extra. Yeah, you need you need more than popcorn, wouldn't yeah. you? That, that is like a scene from a dystopian film yeah. gone horribly wrong. Will you be watching Tony? Will you be sitting up there on Saturday night? No, no, I will not. Um, <laughs> I've been to two of my own weddings. <laughs> How did I, that work out for no, you? You know, one of them really well. Yeah. Was the but other I, one a dystopian nightmare? Yeah. No, but I, 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 I like never, it never even occurred to me to watch the video of my own wedding. Yeah. So to sit down, the only way that I would watch is if Channel 10 played 
uh, Diana and Charles' wedding again and then just voiced it over as if it was Harry and Angela. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that'd be that great. Be that'd be fun. I yeah. like Roy and HG doing it. Oh, <laughs> I reckon that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the way to go. That would be good. As if it was Greco Roman wrestling. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I don't comes, think yeah. you're actually allowed to, though. I don't think you're allowed to actually satirise the royals when, oh. they're, when they're getting married. Like that, I don't think you can do a subversive broadcast. So I reckon we should. That'd be good, though. Roy and HG yelling out flat bag and crazy date. <laughs> <laughs> And then at 11.30, Mandy's rule came in and they got beheaded. Who is suddenly flat out stopping Sydney being so flat out? Well, this sounds like a story about development or something. And I've, I've, I've been away from Sydney. I, I, I went to high school here and uni here and I came back and there's a whole new metro being put through. Is it something to do with the metro? And they, they've got a station called Barangaroo. Huh. And it's, they've named a station after a casino. It's extraordinary. <laughs> like this, you look at the line, the train line. It actually has a kink in it to get the casino to fit it into the line and then back again. That'd be like having a station just called McDonald's. I just Sydney's don't get got, it. Sydney, since, you, since you've been away, Sydney's got a lot of kinks in it. Oh, it's yeah. good. <laughs> a lot of them. But it feels like that's probably a good idea. Like you know, yeah. just, when you want people who have not done well at the casino to get out quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so it seems fair to fund a train. Buses take a while. Yeah. Cabs can back up. Just stick them with the train. Shit. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's boasting just how good it's going to be for jobs, I guess. They're worried about the commuters who need to get there. Mm. So they've got to put in a train station mm. just for the casino. But this, is, this story is, is the opposite oh. of all of that. It's the fact that there are suburbs growing at such a rate that there are people uh, living in houses who wake up every day and walk outside and realise there are no roads. Yeah, they can't leave. Leading to their house. They're, all they have is a house. They have no schools, they have no shops, they have no roads, they no have driveway. no trains, yeah. no They're just driveway. like in an island. They're like, they're, like, yeah. they're like Switzerland, they're landlocked. All they have are neighbours to complain about the lack of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and can you go out and get me something because yeah. I can't leave? Yeah. So all the, all the councils are really worried about overdevelopment. Everyone's sick of overdevelopment. So, and they were so worried that in Ryde and uh, Canterbury-Bankstown, the state government said, OK, fair enough, you can not approve another apartment block for at least the next five minutes. Right. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Right. I used to, when I lived here, I lived in Lane Cove, the most boring suburb in Sydney, right? <laughs> Sorry, it's a beef I've got. I, I'm keeping it going. <laughs> no, that's been proved. No, it is. It's well, official. I said it, was, I said it was the most boring. Well, it turned, it was straight away it was news in the North Shore Times because nothing else was going on. <laughs> But Ride, Ride was... Are people packing themselves into Ride? Yes. I, I, yeah. I remember Ride. They're I just trying to get out of Lane Cove. Though. Really, they're just trying to get out. <laughs> I always like Top Ride. Like, what an arrogant suburb. Yeah, we're, we're the best. Yeah. We're not Ride, we're Top Ride. <laughs> top, but still, and, and the world's most glamorous shopping centre there at Top Ride, isn't it? <laughs> but that's what I also think. I think that's a combination of the infrastructure problem because at that Top Ride five ways, you can never figure out how to turn and you always end yeah. up back in Ride. Oh, right. Yeah. People are trying to leave and they're just back in top yeah, ride. Again, what? What? Top work ride. Maybe it's sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. top yeah. ride. Actually, I haven't even been to ride. Do, do you know that uh, musical? <laughs> you missed oh, out. <laughs> Scared. Have you never been to Ride? I've never well, been to Ride. Well, you've got to go to Ride tonight. Isn't that... I mean, I've, I've been to Paradise, but I've never been to Ride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a musical about it. Called, it's called West Ride Story. And <laughs> I want to be in Lane Cove. <laughs> No, yeah, everyone's sick of the development in the city. Do you think? Do you think that's right? That we, we, you know, we're the growing. The city's growing too fast. That's what it, people. It say. is growing too fast. I mean, even I live in uh, I live in the Canterbury Bankstown uh, edge, uh, which butts up against the Americville edge, which is also overdeveloping. And uh, the two edges come together at one very narrow railroad cross, where I have noticed humanity is starting to take a little bit of offence at other humanity. 
Mm. Uh, used to be just a few of us that knew how to negotiate the roundabout, and now there are hundreds of us mm. who used to know how to negotiate the roundabout. We don't know how to negotiate it with hundreds of more cars coming into it, and there's a great deal of... I was almost late here today because people still think that they're giving way to the right, but since everyone on the right's not moving, they can move through, which then blocks up the mm. right, and now no one's moving, and everyone's angry, and I'm angry right now just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, so it, is it, they've turned your suburb into a war zone. Yes, and my main purpose is, you look at all of them, you can see from their pasty faces they live in apartments yes. <laughs> you're supposed to be on public transport <laughs> that's the deal so are they all stationary but giving way is that right yeah, yeah. they're parked yeah. and doing the right and thing and it's all in sight of a train we're all trying to get over a train line which should be what we were all yeah. on we should all be on that train well one day that'll no happen parking people will just open up the doors of their cars and just walk on the train the cars will it's just be so left good. there but they don't think there's any drivers is there yeah like, can, do you actually get the train, Tommy? Oh, no, there's no parking. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, check you out on this one. Which generation is generating a lot of pessimism about themselves this These week? These poor millennials. Is there any generation more put upon than the millennials? We yeah. have done everything to ruin oh. everything for them. They have no world to look forward to. We have taught them that politics are cynical and... And this is the part I like the most. Yeah. They're never going to be as good as us. Oh. That's the part that's making them sad. It turns out that I am part of the last generation that's going to do better than their parents. Mm. Screw you, millennials. You know, I'm, I'm... According to a Deloitte survey out this week of Australian millennials, just over a third believe that they will be better off than their parents. The rest think they'll be worse off their, than their parents. This is much worse than uh, the global average, which is around 50-50. I just yeah. think they're sulking, really. Mm. I mean, I've got five Ninjas. kids, most of them, a good portion are millennials. And they're of that thing, like, if they, they just expect to have a whole lot of really good stuff. You know, mm. I didn't have a really good handbag and a really good car. We went, with, we went without stuff. I'm only going overseas now. Like, I'm going, my kids have all been my 23-year-old, the 22-year-old, and the other one that's not sort of on the, the edge of being a millennial. They've been overseas so many times. I'm going for my first trip to Europe and London, and I'm 50. Oh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. I know. Oh. I know. Can you feel that? And they've been, like, three times. One's oh. living over there. So they're having it so tough, and that's why they'll never own their own home. Um, yeah. um, because I'm going to live for a long time, and they need to vote for euthanasia yeah. uh, so that nursing homes don't take all the money that they could inherit by keeping me alive well beyond my time. Yeah. That's yeah. what they have to vote do. Vote one man, Nolan, and euthanasia. Yeah. yeah, millennials are always complaining about not being able to buy a house, but I just tell them you've got to do what I did. Move into comedy, do really well at it, and then you can buy a house because you you you're, you're famous. Yeah. And they don't understand. Is that achievable? That's all I did. I just started comedy, did it really well, and then after that, bought a house. Mm. That's what you got to do. A, there's, I, I guess, there's something like there's three. I guess there's three or four million millennials in Australia. Do you think? Do you think that career option is open to all of them? Yeah, they Tom? should all be comedians, all of them, mm. on yeah. TV, every single one, and then buy a house after. Because one it's of the not things, hard. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things you learn in comedy, and Tom knows this, is that you know you draw from things that make you sad. That's right. And if two-thirds of them are this sad, they have nothing but comedy <laughs> flowing. Oh, that's them. true. <laughs> well, thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. We have Tom Gleeson, Mandy Nolan, Tommy Dean, our wonderful audience. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Tommy. I just wish sometimes, if this were a sketch show, yes. wouldn't it be fun if Helen Zaremus's news report was actually just sort of a recap of what had already happened? In the so, show already. The news. Yeah. yeah. Now with the news, Helen Zaremus. 
Uh, today, uh, ABC's Tom Gleason yet again insulted Lane Cove. <laughs> Man, Nolan apparently Cove. is running for Senate on a euthanasia bill. <laughs> and then Sarah Blasco sang the saddest song ever written. <laughs> it was beautiful, wasn't it? Very moody. Uh, Tom Gleason is here. His show, Sure Thing, plays the Emmore Theatre tonight. Is it? Uh, it is, well, it's sold out. It's yeah. not yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> it is a sure thing. It tends to work out. Yeah, yeah. it's yet to fail. That's yeah. such an affirmative title. I love it. Sure thing. Like, well, and it's also at the concourse in Chatswood tomorrow where tickets are available? No, it's sold out no, there sold. too. But you know what? <laughs> the truth is if you go to Gumtree, I think there's two on there. Someone someone can't yeah. make it anymore because they're going to a wedding or something. And I don't. I think it's Matthew. I can't remember his name. There's two tickets on Gumtree if you want to buy them. And he hasn't even marked them up. He's just selling them at face value. <laughs> That's very understanding of him, isn't He's it? even taken off the booking fee. You, you could get two tickets to my show at Enmore for cheaper than you did if you'd booked months yeah, ago yeah, yeah. because of Matthew or whatever his but name is. But if you is. ring Matthew, he says, let's talk hard. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Mandy Nolan is here. Blessedly, her new book, Women Like Us, written with her pal Ellen Briggs. Copies are still available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not sold out. Not sold out. Not yet. But it is Tom a brilliant. Definitely funny book. Uh, get that, women like us. Now, let me ask you this. A Chinese family, this is a true story from this week's news, bought what they thought was a puppy, but it actually turned out to be a black bear, which has since grown to 120 kilos, had to be sedated this week when authorities decided it should be moved on from their little village in China. Apparently the family grew suspicious when the puppy started walking around on two legs <laughs> and ate huge amounts of food. What have you bought that didn't turn out to be what you'd assumed when you bought it? Tom Gleeson. Well, I bought a dryer and I thought it was a dryer, but it turns out it was just a place to put wet clothes for a little bit. <laughs> because what happened was it was a whiz-bang dryer. I was very excited about it. It was one of these ones that tells you how long it's going to take. You put the clothes in and then it turns around a bit and it goes, an hour and 17. And you're like, well, that's fascinating. Oh, it actually has senses that measure yeah, the weight. Oh, it could sense. Wow. And then as it gets, my favourite part was towards the end because I, I watched the whole cycle. <laughs> Got well, a it, chair. Beat, yeah, it, beat, it beats Channel 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> beats like Royal Wedding, yeah. Season one. Yeah. <laughs> and when it winds down, it sort of it gets it starts to lose confidence. This is how it would finish. It would go 17 minutes, three minutes, two minutes, one, eleven, thirteen, done. Right? And then you'd open it and all the clothes are wet. Every single time. They'd come out wet. So I rang the good guys and, and they're not. And I said, what's going on? Why are the clothes always coming out wet? And the guy said to me, are they wet or are they damp? And I said, well, to be honest, they're kind of damp. And he said, they're supposed to be because it's preserving the, the, the fibre in the fabric. They're not damp. They are cupboard ready. What you do is you put them in the cupboard mm. and they dry in the cupboard. They wouldn't dry in the cupboard. Yeah. And There's I no thought, ventilation in the cupboard. No, I know. I thought this guy's full of shit and I love him. <laughs> They're not cupboard ready, mate. They are clothesline ready. That's the problem. <laughs> so, yeah. So I got, I got a dryer that's not a dryer. The one thing it's supposed to do, it doesn't. What's yeah. neat, though, is we had a similar problem for a while and I, I didn't know that cupboard dry was a thing, but I also knew that uh, taking them out to the line was also not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I just folded them damp and stacked them on the shelf cupboard like I do. And uh, it was fun for a little while because a lot of my T-shirts were just that normal sort of flat T-shirt. Yeah. But then after sitting damp in the closet for weeks, it had texture. Oh. A lot of texture. Yeah. yeah. New colors. A lot of yeah. textures. You get that 
Scotch really scotches. bad, yeah. stinky smell, too. Mm-hmm. That's not so much a T-shirt as a science experiment. Exactly. Yeah. Birds would come. Yeah, <laughs> stand in the park throwing the ball yeah. to the dog, and all the animals are my friends. Yeah, yeah. you know when you've got those environmental environmental T-shirts which say you know support wildlife. It's not good if you actually are doing it. Yeah, you are wildlife. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> Who's a fun guy? I'm a fun guy. Yeah, well, what, t- <laughs> tell me what have, what have you bought? What product have you bought? This well, when I was a more... young man, uh, I cooked a lot with oregano that I had not intended to cook with. Why is that? I'll let that sit for a few minutes. Uh, Why would Tommy have large uh, bags of oregano okay, okay. that he did not think was oregano? Yeah, I, got it. I, got it. I got it. I mean, Mandy's here from Mullumbimby. She would have got no, it. She got it. Yeah, I we, get it. We, should, we workshopped it earlier. We do a lot of oregano <laughs> up there. Yeah. Heaps. People so have built houses. Like, a lot of millennials have houses built on oregano. <laughs> <laughs> Big industry. It makes everything taste better. We've got an oregano festival. What what have you bought, Mandy, that wasn't what you thought it was? It was something that I actually asked my mum to get for me for Christmas. I was a bit of an early reader, you know, like 10. (laughs) 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 Uh, Mullen Bimby. I know. Um, That was after felting. Uh, And, no, I was an early reader. And so, you know, you can read before you can comprehend. So I could read the words. And I remember reading one of mum's you know, catalogues, one of those, it was a catalogue full of stuff and it said, it's, they were for inner soles of shoes and it said, like, walking on air and I went, oh, my God, flying shoes. <laughs> so I, I just asked mum, you got to, I was like five, get me, for, I, all I wanted for Christmas was these flying shoes and she goes, no, Mandy, they're not flying shoes, they're inner soles. I went, no, mum, like walking on air. What is like walking on air? Flying, that's what's like walking on air. They are flying shoes. And so she bought them for me. <laughs> and I didn't have calluses. I was only five-year-old that had inner soles. And it was just really – it taught me resilience, you know, that you can dream and expect something and just get, you know, a dryer. <laughs> did, you help, did it help your arthritic hip? <laughs> oh, at will, five, <laughs> it will soon. Oh, no, that that was really disappointing because it really. I just that's when I really learned about advertising that you know, and I, I suppose it was the first time I you know experienced the the power of a you know a simile, um, and how devastating that can be to a child <laughs> that takes things literally. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sea monkeys was another one. I know. How good were they? How good were they? Well, they're good on the picture. Yeah, that's what I mean. It looks like it's going to be the greatest aquarium of all time. It was like having a circus in a bucket of water next to your bed. I know. Aren't they actually sea lice? Yeah, there's something. Yeah. I'm pretty convinced it was just floaty sand. No, I think they're an animal. I think, but they are. If you advertise kids, buy some sea lice, they wouldn't be so keen. No. But because sea monkeys were so traumatic to me, I cannot put the. dried vegetable packet in my two-minute noodles. Because <laughs> it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. They are the sea monkeys of two-minute noodles. Like sea monkeys. <laughs> Come to life and eat your noodles. Yeah. <laughs> they may How well. frightful. They may well. Are you ready for the Wheel of Death, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, here we go. Right. Every week, our lovely audience throws these random topics onto this chocolate wheel and, uh, well, in this case, Tommy Dean will attempt to speak off the cuff about one of them. Today's random topics are uh, pet... What? Pet... Iguana, pet iguana, shoes, swimming, London, traffic, filthy cold, water dragon, umpire, Queenslanders, Monaco, 
uh, what? Soldier, is it? No? Soccer, soccer. Star- Who wrote these? I don't terrible. know. Some soccer. audience member just Star- ran up and grabbed the pen out of my hand. <laughs> Stargazing, smoke, and radio head. Which one fills you full of fear? Tommy Dean. Well, apparently, pet iguanas are bad. <laughs> I think they will be bad. I think iguanas at all levels, be they in wild or at the pet level. I'm just not convinced that the iguana is necessary. All right. We will see if that comes up. Around and around and around it goes. Where it stops. Nobody knows. Queenslanders is the topic. Who, who suggests the Queenslanders? Thank you very much. Get out. Uh, <laughs> uh, Queenslanders. Yeah, you might recall last week uh, we had a fantastic Wheel of Death with Rebecca D. Unamuno. Uh, she sang. She sang. She sang the Wheel of Death in an improv with the musicians, so I thought I would do the same. Uh, this evening. So, Sarah, if you could just give me a little... <laughs> what? She left! <laughs> She's so up herself. <laughs> when did we let the musicians leave halfway through the show? We, we always... I hope to God we were paying them scale. <laughs> we, <laughs> we always let them leave. Jimmy Smith decided to stay last week. Yeah. I was right. Uh, well, first off, I feel, I feel it's probably an incorrect time uh, to talk about Queensland during the royal wedding. Uh, unless we're... Um, <laughs> Well, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe, maybe this is because it's the Queen's land and she is going to be the new princess. Maybe now is the time to do what I believe most of Australia would support. Mm. And it should be our wedding gift to the royal couple. <laughs> Let us give them Queensland. Imagine that. How good would that be? Then? Take Just it off. Unwrapping yeah. the present. Yeah. There it Ooh. is. Hang on. <laughs> so good, what it? a treat! That'd be right. You'd be like, "Garn, here we go!" And they're sitting there thinking, "I was hoping for a dryer." Oh, wow. But it would be a dryer. It's Queensland. Yeah, it's so the much world's a... greatest dryer. It's got so many great features. It's got a dying reef. <laughs> Space so... for days. This they doesn't can just go totally to Queensland, pack does things it? in. It'd be no. sorry. <laughs> Then we can say what we want. I'm not going. I, oh, I come from Queensland, but I don't mind because that's where I left. Yeah. I come from Kingaroy. Do you oh, come no. from Kingaroy? Yeah. Where the peanuts are. Yeah. Are you yeah. Joe Bielke Peterson's daughter? A love child. Oh. Uh, <laughs> although there was no... I always thought it's really funny because no one was anaphylactic to nuts when I was growing up because it's a, like you lived under the nut silos. Like if you were anaphylactic to nuts, you were dead. Yeah. <laughs> That was that was anyway. That's like, why there was that was why there was no anaphylactics. <laughs> so, you know, that's 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 why okay. natural selection. Self selecting, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm from Queensland, I didn't get yeah. it. I grew up in a <laughs> <laughs> But it's I think it's it's a it's a fantastic place though, don't you think, to grow up? I mean you grew up there and then as your eyes widen and you realise where you are. You, you go, I'm gonna get out of gotta here. Gotta get out. Gotta leave. I always, I always feel like, I always felt for me, Brisbane always felt a bit like ghosts in thongs. Like it just felt a bit sad. I never liked. I didn't actually like living in Queensland. I left. Mm. And I know that people won't yeah. like that because when I go to Queensland, I tell everyone how much I love it, but I don't. Yeah, yeah we do. We all do. <laughs> yeah. And you went all the way to Balambimbi. It's like you just, I know, just fell just over the over. line. And you went, oh, thank God, that's, that's over. That's as far I as I could go. Can't go any further south. <laughs> Tari is a stretch. <laughs> I dream of Foster. <laughs> I know. Not going that far. Yeah. Hey, yeah, but Tommy, once, you, once you've given them Queensland, won't that make the map look funny? And what happens when you try to cross the, you know, mm. the tweed there? I don't, I don't know Australian <laughs> geography entirely, yeah. but it does feel like Byron Bay will have one more surf beach. <laughs> and that would be good for them. Hmm. Uh, that would be handy. Uh, yeah. It feels like Broken Hill opens up some space. Uh, Broken yeah. Hill now has some well, water got a, views. Well, they, yeah, they've got a sea frontage. Yeah, that would be good. 
And uh, it also gives us um, a lot more space for cruise ships. Well, now we've sold, sold the Darwin ports to the Chinese, yeah. we can set up a new port just Sorry. around the corner in the Northern right. Territory. Well, how cool would it be to have all this beachfront property that was just a, just yeah. a dead straight line? It'd be, It'd be impressive. It'd be you could have a beachfront ho- home in Mungandai. Yeah. And you'd solve the Adani problem. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, just be gone. Be gone. Yeah, yeah. I'm all for it. And then... <laughs> where, where are Harry and Meghan? But they're, 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 well, Harry and... Where are and, they going to put it? Well, they're going to put it in um, the castle up north. <laughs> put it in the back pen there. Mm. And then what's nice is we can actually, I think, eventually solve the royal problem because they can open the coal mine. <laughs> And get a proper job. That's right. <laughs> That's how the royal family be supported. Selling Queensland coal. Yeah. The Queen's coal. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll, it'll be right. perfectly situated perfectly because it'll situated. be close to It's right near where they love coal. I don't I, I don't know if you read Dickens, but I think he's from London. <laughs> and that guy loved coal. I think I think England has lost a lot of its charm since it went from a coal based economy. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to put them back on the map. Get the dark satanic yeah. milk. And yeah. think of all the sun it brings into the joy. We're going to make all of England a better place. <laughs> It'll just burn out all of those terrible wintry rains that they're so famous for. They can just sit around in their brand new sunny weather, mm. burning coal like it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Singing Mary Poppins tunes. <laughs> We're going to make the world a better place. And the best part about it, <laughs> New South Wales will finally have a chance to win State of Order. Yay! <laughs> does he live, ladies and gentlemen? Or does he die? Does he live? Does he die? He lives! Thank God it's We have uh, Tommy Dean, Tom Gleeson and Mandy Nolan here. Now, the State Minister for Education this week announced that the school curriculum is too crowded. Uh, So they're reviewing all that's taught in New South Wales schools with a view to throwing some things out, narrowing it down. What were you taught at school that, in retrospect, you could have lived without? Mandy Nolan. uh, Tunnel ball. Do you remember tunnel ball? At no point in my life have I thought, quick, I need to roll a very hard thing. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> on the ground. Oh, no, I didn't mean to go there. But, you know, there's a weird sport. It doesn't, you know, you don't take it. There's not a Commonwealth Games tunnel ball. No. It is, it is just, it was just meant for, like, it's going to do your back end, isn't yeah. it? Like, you're going to, it's like preparing you later in life for a weak yeah. lower back. So tunnel ball. Um, they did spend a lot of time doing tunnel ball, didn't they? Hates. Yeah, it's not like you ever get together with your friends and say, quick, get in the line, let's pack the car between our legs backwards. <laughs> <laughs> throw the bags between your legs, hurry go, up. Go, 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 the fastest, run to the top, throw it back down. Uh, I guess um, I the thing about rocks, you know, the different thing you've learned about the rocks, was it? I can still remember, sedimentary, igneous and metamorphic. I've yeah. never, no one's asked. Uh, I, just, I just have to volunteer that when I'm drunk at a dinner yeah. party so people think I'm smart, so it sort mm. of is useful. Um, but it's neat now because with Hawaii going crazy, you oh, have yeah. the time to get it out. Yeah, it's get it, yeah I'm really thrilled out the igneous yeah. uh, and um, and I guess sine, cos and tan which now sound like you know the triplets of someone you know mm. sort of doing yoga on Instagram yeah. um, with her beautiful children sine, cos and tan yeah don't get me started about co-sec and cot they're probably my things I don't know I'm, I was never good at math what, 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 what are cos, sine does anyone know uh, they're ratios thanks there you go yeah. <laughs> learn something 
Tom just knew that. Like, he knew it. Well, what did you learn at school, Tom? That you, you, you could live without. Well, one, one useless thing I did was computer science because when I did computer science, it was the 80s. Um, that's when I was in high school. And we learnt at great length how to program this program called Turtle. And if anyone was at school at that time, they might remember Turtle involved... Uh, you wrote a really long program, and at the end of it, on this screen that was only green, you could draw a triangle. <laughs> That's all you ever learned. <laughs> Has that come in useful to you in the years since? Well, it, it, no, I don't even need to know how to program. I just open up my computer and I just click on things, and there's emails and attachments, and I don't have to worry about any of that. I, I haven't had to draw it. I could actually draw a triangle right now on my iPhone, but I just... Press a button and just draw it on there with my finger. You could even draw it with a pen and paper. I, I could draw it with the texture on my iPhone if I wanted to. I can make it with my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> but you could have been the next... If you'd have concentrated more, you could have been the next Bill Gates. Well, that's what I thought, but it turns out by the time I got round, they all got rich with all the other devices, I still only knew how to do Turtle. <laughs> on a computer, the brand was BBC, and I looked at the back of it. They were made in 1981, and they had uh, five kilobytes of memory. So that's all I could, you know, if you got me one of those, I would be able to draw another triangle for you, but I won't be able to. Beyond that, there are no further developments. Maybe a, maybe a, maybe a square. Are you saying that some of the facilities on offer in New South Wales state schools in the 1980s were insufficient to... Uh, oh, no, this was a private school. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> that's all they had there. Mm. But they had marvellous, marvellous boaters. <laughs> it was terrible. We had a computer lab. We only had one computer for the whole high school, and that was a lab. Yeah, it was a lab. No was a test lab. tubes. That was a big lab. No experiments yeah. even. But you go in one at a time. But all they taught us, I can't remember even the programming language, but they, you could write a little program so that it would make your name run across the screen. Oh, I remember that. Line yeah. 10, Tom. Yeah. Line 20, go to line 10. Yeah. Uh, oh, Tom, yeah. Tom, 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 Tom. This is the best thing ever. And, and we, they, I'm learning, about, I'm learning about computer science and ego. Yeah. <laughs> Lined up. So have a go at that. Oh, it's my name going around. It's yeah. so good. Tell me, what did you learn at school that you could... Uh, well, you know, I would have... Uh, I, was, I was just about to say I never really paid much attention in uh, English literature, but that Dickens thing really came in handy. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So... That was very literary. I was very yeah. impressed, actually. I'm surprised yeah. that I remembered his name and Mary Poppins. Because, you know, Sarah Blasco had already quoted Dickens. Yeah. She said the best of times, the worst of times. So it's been a Dickens I, frenzy well, That's what probably brought it out in me. Refreshed <laughs> 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 memory. And we had Mary Poppins on the show when that show was in town last year, so... That stays in my mind as well. Uh, so much of it. Yeah. Uh, probably Mary, not Mary, a lot. You know Charles Dickens didn't write Mary Poppins? No, no, but England. Oh, England. Okay. <laughs> I think that's the Cole connection. Isn't yeah, and Cole. And, and I grew up, I went to Dick Van Dyke show a lot. And he was in Mary Poppins. Uh, yeah. Very English. It, 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 yeah. Such a marvellous uh, English accent he, Dick Van Dyke managed in that film. <laughs> typing, typing is probably the one thing. I took a typing course and then they, they don't use typewriters anymore. I, I think typing's amazing. It's the only thing I use. Like, you know, ASDF, semicolon, LKJ, the quick angry fox. Not the angry fox, the quick red fox, the quick fast mm, fox or something. Mm. The lazy brown fox. Yeah, yeah, the lazy whatever fox it was. And I can, do, I, can, I can write now and look around the room like this. It's really creepy. Like, That's you look crazy. around. Okay, but you can do that on, on, on a computer, obviously. But what about all that other stuff? The on the typewriter. Type like learning how to change the ribbon, no, learning change, how to exactly. do, that, ah. the, you know, the, do the carriage return. Oh, mm. the carriage return. carriage return was what it was all about. Do you remember that the eraser, The eraser one, the correct. Tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got that in there? And you'd put your coffee cup right next to the typewriter and every time you did that, yeah. coffee oh, cup would... It was such a satisfying feeling, though, that heavy return, next sentence. Yeah. Can, you, can you touch type now? No, because it was, I was always... To me, the fascination was what letters would create the biggest mess. 
in the middle, like which ones would make the bars stick together? Uh, what combination of letters <laughs> would just jam it right in the middle? Yeah. So you uh, try yeah. to use what well, it was P, well, P no, S, no, and... because the, the typing teacher was, um, and this is you know inappropriate in today's day and age, but she was quite attractive. Um, <laughs> so to have her come over and unjam my uh, machine. <laughs> there you go, ladies and gentlemen. TJS Me Too moment finally arrived. <laughs> the goal of my junior year. Wonder what this would do. Uh. <laughs> Miss Johnson, it's uh. happened again. How would I yank him a ribbon? <laughs> uh, what were the, who were the winners and losers of this week? Tom Gleason. Well, I reckon a winner of this week was Honey Badger. Now, the reason why I say that is I, I, I started comedy in Sydney, and I, but I, I live in country Victoria, deep behind enemy lines. I've been living there for a long time, so long that I have no idea who Honey Badger is. I don't know who he is, but he was in the newspaper today, mm. uh, the Daily Telegraph. He's very popular. Yeah, because whenever I do a show, I often like, I, I like to get to know what's going on in a city, and I read the Daily Telegraph so I know uh, what the thick people in my audience are thinking. And, and there was a news story about Honey Badger, and I read it, I think, three times, and the news was that he was outdoors with no shirt on. That was the news story. There yep. was a big picture of Honey Badger. He had no shirt on, and he was walking down the street. That was the news. Wow. And I don't know who he is or why that's news. <laughs> who is he? And What's the, the, going when on? When the Telegraph does that, they do it with both men and women. They have these pictures of people half naked and they yeah. say, more disgraceful pictures on pages four, five, seven and nine. Oh. <laughs> but who is Honey Badger? Does, do He's a footballer. He's a, oh. Yeah, he's a rugby union player. He's uh, known for his uh, crazy off-the-cuff commentary. Ah. Says crazy things in a crazy way and talks in you know, that sort of honest sort of, if we only knew what he was saying, we knew he would be honest. Right. It's fun. He's shirt wacky. on, shirt on, shirt on. Does just mean really offensive? Yeah. No, no, he's good. He's, he's witty. He's oh, he's, witty. oh, he's witty. He's witty. I, I yeah, don't yeah. know what the honey badger yeah. is. I mean, he's not incredible. Like, he doesn't have a, a, a dryer that doesn't work or anything like that. You know? no. But he's, he's not, a new bachelor or something. He's not But new, that's not Tom. on air yet. So I think he was filming that. So it's news they got oh, behind right. the scenes of a reality show. I think you're breaking news here on the ABC. I don't think we know that yet. I don't know. I think we dream of scoops like that. Yeah. Who was the winner? Oh, the, the winner. Who was that? Who that, was that is the winner. Oh, who was the loser? Oh, the loser of the week was Paul McDermott. And uh, <laughs> the reason why I say that is I was looking at the TV guide the other day, Richard, and Think Tank is finishing today, yeah. and then it's on Monday they're showing reruns of Hard Quiz. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really worried about Paul now because I'm worried that the cardigans upstairs at the ABC might have turned on him. <laughs> I'm really worried about him, and uh, unfortunately he's been replaced by me. Yeah. Yeah, which it's I'm devastated by. Low, low standards. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm very yeah. upset. You know your career's going badly when. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm really sorry, Paul, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk hard. Uh, uh, Mandy, who were the winners and losers? Uh, I would say this week that uh, the winners for me are Irish feminists who are, are pushing over in Ireland um, to repeal the Eighth Amendment and to actually win back the right for women to make choice around the, over their own body around abortion. It's I abortion, think it's, is it right? Yeah, May the 25th is the referendum. It's, it's pretty major. Um, so for me, yeah, they're the, they're the, they're the yeah. winners. What about the losers? Who's the losers? Uh, the losers. I'm keeping with a bit of a feminist theme. The losers is the Argentinian Football Federation um, that ran a little kind of briefing for players and journalists and that included how to pick up Russian women. Oh. Uh, <laughs> bend but to at, be fair... Bend at the knees. Bend at the knees. Yeah. They said they can't pick up a Russian woman. You want to bend at the knees. It's all about... Yeah. <laughs> Tommy, who were the winners? That, that, that as well. I, I thought that was the big winner. It was, uh, cause it was Argentinian, which made it seem somehow swarthy, 
but the advice I thought was good for all men, picking up women anywhere in the world, uh, look nice, don't treat them as objects, and, you know, try to smell good. <laughs> I think that's something all men should hold on to. They yeah. should. Well, we're as, good. We're, we're Don't treat women like objects. Yeah. Be nice. Yeah. Those are lessons we should that's all have. Pretty low they made it fruit. sound like it was terrible. That was fine advice. <laughs> and who were the other? Well, very quickly, who were the other winners and losers? It, oh, that was uh, sorry. That was my big winner. And the loser. Uh, the, the, uh, my big loser. Uh, I totally just jumped out of my head. Yeah. That's all right, because we're over. Oh, you know the big loser? Yeah. Queensland, moving England. <laughs> <laughs> Please thank Tommy Dean, Tom, Gleason, Manny, Nolan, a live audience. Thank you for coming. Next week, Friday, Connell will be here. Tommy Dean and Colin Buchanan, music from the revival of Lola Montez, the great Australian musical. Until then, I'm Richard Glover, and thank God it's Friday! Yeah.